Welcome to the Lost at Home podcast. Here are your hosts, Scott Bear and Jeremiah Johnson. Welcome to the Lost at Home podcast. My name, with a lot of gusto and a lot of gravitas, yes, yes. is Scott. And my name is Jeremiah. And we round out what we like to call the Lost at Home podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Yeah, we round it right out. Uh, you're listening to a show that is unlike a lot of others. We don't even, I don't even know what episode it is. It's episode question mark. I think we're it is. recording this in the past. Yes, that's right. You're hearing this in the future. Or er, your er, present. Er, er, yes. Er, er. Isn't that great? It's the past, future, and present all at the same time. Yeah. Well, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, we'd like to give a little disclaimer at the beginning of the show, like Stan Lee used to do with comic books, where he would, you know, give you a little uh, backstory on the characters, saying, if this is your first issue, this is how Spider-Man got in this situation. Isn't it sticky? (laughs) Yeah. Raped by us, but no, Stan, for the last time, people, (laughs) thing wasn't raped by rocks. Spider-Man wasn't raped by spiders. We got we were Iron Man <laughs> wasn't raped by iron. In my original drafts, everyone was raped by the thing they became. <laughs> well, we uh we at Lost at Home Podcast like to take the stories that fall through the cracks, hence the lost stories, and treat it like you were lost at home, trying to figure out what to do. Well, what you're gonna do is you're gonna listen to this show and you're gonna listen to us make up new novel ideas for twisting these weird stories into other mass media pop culture. That's right. Whether it be a movie, a comic book, a manga, uh, another podcast, uh, anything out there really in the rainbow. Anything. We- we came anything. up with a, a shitty stand-up, two shitty stand-up routines. One we, for one we've for Yakov's Smirnoff. Yes. Um, so, and the thing about this one is, uh, usually this is we, an interview episode. This is an interview so, episode, so, and uh, so, every so. every uh, I don't does know. that echo reverb thing work when I do it? Is it better when you just pipe it in after as an effect? Well, it's really weird if you do it and then I also <laughs> do it because then it's like a weird, like it's never going to end. It's Show just, notes. <laughs> We're going to type this one in right now. For yep. uh, what minute are we? Like one minute, twenty oh, seconds yeah, in. We gotta, yeah, that's good to to notice that I didn't. You didn't put a time stamp on. Very tiny in the bottom left corner there. It's a couple minutes Two minutes, 20 seconds in, there's going to be a reverb on a reverb that was not a reverb, but will be a reverb, but will be a reverb. They're just listening. Like, I might reverb, I might actually delay the delay to the delay You also don't see me typing, so you know this isn't going in show notes, so. Yeah, which means I'm going to have to type it, because I kind of want to do that, but now I'm going to forget. So, uh, let's put a time stamp in for two minutes, 49 seconds to to edit out your typing. That's right. Um, <laughs> so the thing about this one is it is a, an interview episode, so things are a little bit different on these episodes. We try to do these once every, you know, uh, six to ten episodes or really wherever we feel like it or line some guests up. And this one worked out because we needed to pre-record a couple episodes for some weeks off. We don't I like need leaving time you all. off. We don't like leaving you all without content just because we, you know, need some time yeah, off. Yeah, we need two weeks off and we don't want to recycle old shows. No, so that's right. So we're recording this one ahead of time. And, uh, yeah, like Jer said, there are no uh, stories like you would normally hear with our weird riffs. But, but we do have stories in a whole other light where you know we're going to be uh, talking a little bit about who our guest is but after that we're actually going to have some uh, more original Tan- content tangential uh, content yeah that you, stuff that you have definitely not heard before because I believe is all that's stuff the title previews. of my story as of right now okay, tangential See, content yeah, you know you know this is stuff that you know can write itself at the end of the day so um, we do yeah we've got a special guest uh, we have Kitty Glitter uh, author from Amazon actually this time around and uh what is it? What did you say, Scott? They made it to the top ten. 
Top, top, top 12. I'm just yawning <laughs> yeah. on the side here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a good intro to our, our author from Amazon. Oh, they made it to the top 12 on the uh, yeah, Amazon not, not Kindle store. Yeah, not quite the top 10, yeah. but high enough for us to take notice. Yeah, this for was on the Kindle writer. Kindle I mean, store specifically. They top had 10 is usually what? Stephen King? Like, authors. Yeah, yeah. This was like, I mean, the Kindle store has, you know, like the, the good thing about it is they allow you to, these independent writers to produce these ebooks for like 99 cents, two ninety nine stuff like that and uh and kitty glitter uh, who we're going to be interviewing made it to this list of of pretty much the top of these writers with uh i think the first one that they made it to this uh list for was wesley crusher fuck machine teenage fuck machine sorry and uh yeah so we're going to be talking to them now uh i'm going to read you two bios real quick um one comes from amazon and then i found an internet bio which is more from an interview i've read and we're going to actually get into whether these are the best interpretations of the author or the worst when Mm. we get into the interview but for now here's the amazon bio I am Kitty Glitter, a bad kitty, and the best-selling author of Jason vs. Katy Perry and Wesley Crusher Teenage Fuck Machine. And now we have the internet bio. Uh, Kitty Glitter grew up on the streets of East Orange, New Jersey. Her husband, Champagne, is doing 15 years upstate, and she is trying to raise five kids by herself on top of working three jobs. Kitty is trying to sell some ebooks. All for a good cause, if any of that is true. And but we, don't we have no clue because like most erotica writers, they hide themselves behind many, 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 many layers of deception to keep creepos and weirdos from ever Good call finding the them internet. and harassing them, But we found them anyway. Goo goo. Goo I mean, if I did better digging, I could probably find more info and I'd feel creepy for doing it. So I guess without further ado, actually, before we jump into it, do we really quickly maybe want to read through some of these titles in case people are curious? We may not hit on all of these during the actual show. Uh, we have Re- Wesley Crusher, Teenage Fuck Machine. Uh, we have Jason, as in Friday the 13th, Jason versus Katy Perry. Uh, we have Hillary Clinton Conspiracy, number one, the testimony of Little Meow Meow. That's a testimony on Hillary Clinton's wrongdoings mm-hmm. from the viewpoint of a small cat. Yes. Uh, we also have the Puerto Rican Chronicles of Narchi- Narnia. Mm-hmm. I-, I actually prefer my title, Kaida, the Chronicles of Narchia. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even know what that means, but I, I feel know. like it's slightly racist. Uh, we have one about an all-girl uh, rock band called The Wet Clits. And then we also round this out, and trust me, there are more titles than this, but we just grabbed a few. Uh, Ashton Kutcher Space Rampage. Yes, and actually the one that we we didn't mention here because it's uh, hard to come by now because uh, Amazon uh, deemed it too too dangerous for Kindle. Was it Swastika uh, 69? No, this was... uh, um, I forgot uh, to mention that one. This was Morpheus... X. uh, uh, Oh, Matrix X. X. Morpheus Gets Raped. And uh, I feel the like only the plot type, we got I, out of that is Morpheus gets raped and Puppy of Snuggles makes his appearance known. Yeah, I feel like that title uh, gives way too much to the plot. Um, but we're going to get into that. We're going to talk. Absolutely. We're going to talk plots. We're going to talk titles. So without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. All right. We are here with author Kitty Glitter. Uh, welcome to the show, Kitty. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you, and we're glad you could uh, make it and talk today about all your work. Um, you know, we've been reading up on you. Uh, you've been kind of a buzz around the, the interwebs and whatnot, but we've actually kind of looked for a little more information on you. And aside from a couple other interviews we've seen, there's not a lot of information uh, out there about you. So I guess what we're really trying to dig into is uh, what makes Kitty Glitter Kitty Glitter and uh, how you got into what you do. Okay. Yeah. Um, so where should we start? Um, at the beginning. Yeah, anywhere you want. Well, like what, what got you into uh, writing the kind of fiction that you've been putting out there on uh, uh, Amazon uh, recently? Well, I was, I was always interested in writing and 
um, I started getting, uh, when I was younger, I got really obsessed with this fiction writer named Patricia Heiss. I, I read all of her novels several times and I just started kind of writing my own stories, trying to copy her. And, um, I never really had much luck. Like I'd submit stories to places and, um, usually they would only just pay an exposure or pay like, you know, like 20 bucks and, and then the story would just kind of sit there and be forgotten. And then around 2012, um, one time as a joke, while I was like really high, I wrote this fan fiction called Wesley Crusher Teenage Fuck Machine. Mm -hmm. Yep. That was a... A seminal classic. fan fiction. Yep. And um, I just, I was showing it to my friends and I wasn't going to publish it. Then one of my friends was like, oh, people are doing stuff on Kindle, publishing their own books. You should just publish it. So I just did, and I didn't think anyone was going to read it. And then, then the day after I published it, I saw like it had blown up, like because of this site, Regretsy had um, promoted it and told people to bring it to number one. And then um, it just kind of became this huge, like viral thing. And so then after that, I just started. I had a bunch of other stories I'd written, so I just ended up like publishing them all as eBooks. And that's kind of how I got into it. No, that's great. Um, uh, quick question. Uh, when you wrote that, did you have any literary background or was this just literally for fun? Um, it was for fun. I mean, I had somewhat, I mean, I'd mostly written some writing instruction books and I'd taken a few creative writing classes in college and in high school and um, screenplay classes. So I had, you know, some knowledge based on that, mainly about like outlining plots and um, but I think most of what I learned from writing was just from reading the elements of style. And so, and mainly just from reading constantly, like Richard Lehman, Patricia Highsmith, and Flannery O'Connor. They're, they're probably my three fa- favorite authors. I was literally just about to ask that, like, who were your inspirations for all of this? I mean, outside of pop culture, um, I could only take a guess at your source material. That I'm, I'm, I'm totally assuming, but do you like Star Trek? I... I like the original series and I'm a fan of the original series movies with the William Shatner Kirk, but I always kind of hated the next generation thought it was really boring. So when I wrote that, um, story, it was more like out of my, like thinking the show was lame and kind of making fun of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually kind of great. Um, I, I guess along the same lines, like Jason versus Katy Perry, um, are you a fan of Jason and not one of Katy Perry or vice versa, or is it a similar feeling for both? In that case, I'm actually a, a huge fan of both of them. So I, I've been a, I've been a huge Katy Perry fan since, um, I kissed a girl came out in 2008 and I've seen her on every tour she's done. And, um, Jason, I grew up watching and, you know, I've seen all the movies several times, especially part seven, which was the main basis for the story. I've seen part seven probably like 50 times since I was a little kid. It's commendable. I, I've seen most of them multiple times myself, yeah, so yeah, I, I'm absolutely. a huge Friday the 13th yeah, fan. Yeah, we're big, big horror fans in general, but uh, Friday the 13th especially. So Yeah, so the main idea was that story was trying to combine like my two favorite things ever into one story. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess my uh, my next question was, uh, before we recorded, 
uh, we had a moment where we talked about how the interview was going to go and, you know, how it would roll. And we mentioned uh, we had a previous interview with the uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil creator, uh, Eli Craig. And you said yourself was a fan of it. Um, I'm just curious. Like, this is just a one-off question. It has nothing to do with the rest of the show. This is for me. If you did a Tucker and Dale erotica, what would that be like, do you think? Do you think you could do it? Or do you think it's already a, a film that can't be messed with? Um, I think it's possible I could do it. I think that I would... I don't know exactly. Like, it's not something I put much thought into, but off the top of my head, I might want to mix it with Pumpkinhead from the the Pumpkinhead movie with Lance Henriksen. Oh my god, oh my god. I, I love, love that, that series. <laughs> I mean, as a kid, I did. I don't know if I how much it's. Oh yeah, no, that's now. one of my know, old but, geek yeah. favorites. Like Absolutely. when I was a kid, I watched that movie so many times. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. So I'd probably have like you know Pumpkinhead, like he might assault Tucker, or kidnap him, and keep him as a slave, and maybe like Dale would have to save him. Very cool. Something like yeah. that. No, I like that. That's awesome, man. I like the fact that you just like whipped Pumpkinhead out of there, like out of the 1980s ether that uh, I hadn't thought about for quite I actually, a while. I actually kind of in my own head love the idea of like Tucker and Dale being those hapless rednecks who just want to like fix up their summer cabin, but then there's Pumpkinhead and they both at the same time are like, ah, to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I also like the fact that you didn't go the, you know, an obvious route that a lot of people would do where there's like a love affair between Tucker and Dale and stuff. Like, that seemed, would seem too obvious. So you brought like something cool and new in there and you kept their friendship alive where, you know, one of them is actually saving the other one. So much appreciated on that. Um, and I kind of wish it existed now because I kind of want to uh, read it. But um, I'm also curious how you came uh as as uh, as the uh, what I'm assuming is a not your given name, Kitty Glitter. How you may have come up uh, with that name to write under? I don't know. Like, I I for some reason I can't because at the time when I started doing it, I used to smoke weed a lot, and I just think that I kind of have a memory blank. Like sometimes I try to remember how I came up with that name, and I just like have no idea. But I know I was. I think it's probably partly based on Katy Perry because she has a lot of kitty stuff in her. And then I also used to like this British pop star named Sophie Ellis Bexter, and she has like a lot of glitter. So it probably came from some sort of like pop girl pop star influence. I I, I kind of like the fact that you're not a hundred percent sure because a lot of the, I mean, God, I we we keep track of so many of our random ideas on like uh, you know music memos or you know uh, uh, memo apps and stuff like that because. I know, like, down the line, I'm going to think that it was genius in the moment, but totally forget that I came up with it or why. So it's good to actually write that stuff down when you have those moments of, uh, of inspiration. Yeah, the best the best thing to do when you're stoned is keep a pen and paper next to you. Yeah. Or, or totally. a notepad on your phone, because yeah. the weirdest ideas might turn into gold down the road. Yeah. Or or, or into literally, literally kitty glitter. Yeah. Or into glitter. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um... We were looking at some of your past interviews, and uh, one of them gave a very interesting bio. And I, I, I know this bio isn't real, but I have to. I'm going to read it real quick. We read it at the beginning of or the show. Or if you want us to pretend it's real, we can cut that part oh, out. Yeah. And, totally and, and, just and if let you us want, if you want to skip past all of this and be like, "Yeah, it's real," just we'll move on. But it, it says uh, Kitty Glitter grew up in the streets of East Orange, New Jersey. Her husband Champagne is doing 15 years upstate, and she is trying to raise five kids by herself on top of working three jobs. Kitty is trying to sell some books. Is is that you? Yeah. Were those your words? Yeah, they were my words, but 
I was just kind of, yeah, just making up, um, like, random fake bios. I think um, it's something that Kurt Cobain, when Nirvana first got famous, yep. pretty much every interview he would make up, like, different fake stories about his background and just, like, constantly be creating this fake mythology around himself. And he he just made up a lot of lies that kind of turned into myths about him that no one knows what's real or not now, you know? Yeah, and I think we actually uh, started out this show in our intro uh, with you. We were like, here are some bios that we don't know if they're true or what's <laughs> fact and what's fiction, but we're going to figure that out during the interview. So we're glad but, that we can do that. And I do have to say, I commend you on the way you make your bios. If you're following the Kurt Cobain method of doing it, you're doing it right. Yeah, like, um, I know like one of the stories about him was that he got his first guitar by fishing his mom's boyfriend's guns out of a river and selling them. And I believe that as a kid, and it all turned out to be made up. <laughs> but it sounds like it's, it's the good thing is about that is when you make something that just sounds just plausible enough. It's like people, a Florida story. People almost don't want to like approach you about it because they're like, oh, "Am I going to offend them if I ask them? You know, is your husband Champagne really doing fifteen years upstate?" Then you could be like, "Yo, no, that's true," and I'm fucking like hurt by that. I can't believe you would ask me that. So you have to make it sound just plausible enough where people almost won't even like approach it any more than they do in the initial question, and then just be like, "We're just going to pretend it's true." so we don't offend anybody by asking more questions so yeah <laughs> now um before we get into our 10 questions um i want to ask we there's a lot of books that already exist they're being loved they're on the top selling charts right now uh you kind of have your moment in the sun like i've read articles on the medium jezebel etc um do you have a work in the progress, like in progress, that maybe you could hint to us, maybe give our listeners a little insight into what's coming down the pipeline soon? Yeah, um, I actually just a couple of days ago published um, one of the longest things I've written, which it's called The Wet Clit. And it's kind of a story about a, a chipmunk, female chipmunk rock star, kind of like the Chipettes from Alvin and the Chipmunks and it's about a, her relationship with a cult filmmaker and actor Giuseppe Andrews from Cabin Fever oh. in Detroit Rock City and it's a very like over the top sort of like bizarre revenge love triangle story um, and it that's something I just put out um, which is free on Kindle right now and I'm also working on editing a story that's called where the cunt blood enters the heart <laughs> and that's basically a slasher film but where the the killer is an eagle and the victims are sharks and other ocean creatures and it also is somewhat of a smallville fan fiction crossover um with this bunny superhero i created who's kind of stalking Clark Kent from the show Smallville because Smallville is probably my third favorite thing after Katy Perry and Jason so that's kind of like my trinity of influences well, that's, those three things. That that's awesome, and that's like the like the biggest uh, fan fiction stir fry I think I've ever heard somebody I, throw at me. I, that was amazing. I, I, I love when I hear ideas where in my own head someone's like, "I'm going to do this and this," and I start tracking it mentally. 
I, I couldn't track all of that. Yeah, I, lo- I lost and, that And I through. want to, though. Yeah. That's a problem. That's you, that, yeah. that sounds amazing. So we, we gotta, gotta keep an eye out for that. Oh, sure. my God. Yeah. Like, yeah, I will I will definitely be a reader of that. That is, oh, my God. That's astounding. Yeah. The, uh, uh, I, I, I know that you were uh, also talking earlier about, um, you know, getting involved in, you know, some things film um, of, of in some ways. Do you want to give any kind of background on what the, what's going on with that stuff? Oh, with the film? Yeah, yeah, or anything you're, you know, uh, um, involved in when it comes to yeah, actually talked... moving to another dimension, which is the, you know, the actual, another creative dimension anyway. Yeah, we talked briefly over uh, Twitter about the fact that you were uh, working on producing a project by a former trauma... Uh, director, yeah, director. Kansas Bowling, who I think was, like, what, only 16, 17 when she did her uh, trauma movie? Yeah, we're just curious if you uh, you want to extrapolate on that a little bit. Yeah, that basically, like, I was a fan of her movie and of her music videos and she had she had said at one point if you send me um 16 millimeter film i'll give you a producer credit on my next feature so i bought some 16 millimeter film from b&h and sent it to her so i was like okay now now i can call myself a producer oh that's yeah you i mean that's so, pretty much what it takes you put a little bit of money into a film yeah, it's, and you it's become a producer, producer right? means yeah. money yeah and so if, it, if whether it's you know uh, money into a medium like that then that's a that's awesome oh and also jason versus Katy perry is um is going to be made into a film by this director pat O'Sullivan. Yeah, I actually I saw a notice of that. I'm sorry we haven't asked you yet. We're 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 literally going through a, a catalog of questions we already have built. Um, thank you for jumping ahead for us. Um, Jason versus Katy Perry. Um, how is this? How did this become optioned for a film? Um, he just contacted me on Twitter and was like, "I'll give you five dollars to option your book." Um, so so I he gave me it on PayPal and then he he started doing a script and like i think it's going to be you know like a fan film so it's not for profit so that way there aren't issues with the rights right yeah and he's been trying to cast um he'd been talking to one porn star named lark and love who looks just like katie perry but that didn't seem to work out she she was kind of like um i don't know she wanted a little bit too much money and was kind of like not very friendly about it but I think there's some uh, girl, Anna Blaze, who's another porn star who might be interested in it because she was a fan of the book. So um, I'll see. I mean, I'm not making the film. So, you know, this is all up to the director and then what he's going to do. Very cool. All right. Well, I'm just glad that it's actually like going to, you know, or at least has a chance to see the light of day because that sounds like, especially since it's one that you actually respect the two properties that you actually put together you get to see that one come to life and actually uh you know have a little bit of fun with it yeah i think it will be great to see a film version and it was cool seeing his script and the way he you know he changed things it's not like a word for word adaptation but i i enjoyed seeing like what he did with it no um i'm excited to see that become a project and i think unless you have any further questions about how uh our guest Kitty Glitter's career is going to go forward no, besides I, I, our, not... our talk about film and future books. Is it time? I think it's time for 10 it's questions. Time. I think everything else will be answered in these. So, uh, so Kitty, are you ready for 10 questions? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. These are 10 questions that have never been asked 
of you in an interview. But that may wow. not be true because you may have been uh, asked uh, very odd questions because of Oh, your, yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I not only career, flubbed but, that, yeah. but it may not be true. Yeah, so. but, yeah, but anyway, they're going to be fun questions we're going to ask anyway. Uh, Scott, you want to take odds? Sure, I'll take odds. Number one, what was your favorite Halloween costume as a kid? Um, Actually, I guess that's pretty easy. I, I was Jason, like, um, several times. And as a kid, as an adult, so I think Jason is definitely my favorite Halloween costume. Nice. Um, and this one actually, uh, I, I wrote before I actually had a, a knowledge of, uh, of of which properties were coming to life. So other than Jason versus or Jason Katy Perry, uh, if you could see any of your creations come to life as a live action movie, but actually starring the actors and the characters you wrote about, which of your properties would you choose? Um, I would say the the wet clits because i would love to see giuseppe andrews um in a film again because i've always really loved him as an actor but i know he kind of quit hollywood so i would definitely want to see that nope i like that um number three uh what would be the perfect theme song if wesley crusher teenage fuck machine was made into a movie i would say the dia it's dia old dmx song i think it's called fuck all day fuck all night it's just kind of like it's like it's all good it's all right fuck all day and all night <laughs> i would love I to hear that, that playing on a backdrop of stars yeah. as the enterprise jumps in <laughs> <laughs> no i would be down with that that would be perfect uh number uh let's see number four is actually a relatively simple one here what's your favorite guilty pleasure um my guilty pleasure, I would say, is a is a Disney Channel show that's called Austin and Alley. That's about a boy and girl who kind of come together to be teen pop stars, and it it stars Ross Lynch, who ended up playing Jeffrey Dahmer in a oh, film recently. Yeah, the, my my friend Dahmer from the graphic novel. That's right. I heard that was from a Disney Channel guy. That's right. So yeah, so uh, that's definitely. Uh, I started watching that show after I saw the movie, and I just kind of got hooked into it. Very cool. All right, uh, next question, number five. Uh, if they named a sandwich after you, what would be in it? Yeah, what would the kitty glitter be on the menu? Well, I would say it would be peanut butter and grape jelly with bacon. And mm. I guess it would be on like mm. a hero, like a white hero roll. I think, uh, I think I, peanut butter and bacon actually go really well together. They do. I used to be able to eat peanut butter before last year, before I became allergic to it, it suddenly. Became, you became one of those guys? No, Jeez. my favorite burger. I, I lost so last, much respect for you. Two years ago, my favorite burger was a Luther. It's a glazed donut, toasted. I know that one, yes. With a burger, bacon, and peanut butter. Yes. And it was my favorite food on earth. And then I ate a bunch of peanut butter one night and had my throat closed. And they're like, ah, you're allergic now. Here's an EpiPen. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. You didn't suck that peanut butter out. Yeah, so. different. So that's that's my little little cry out to Mm -hmm. the world saying I hate (laughs) the world. Um, So very good. All right. We we appreciate the peanut butter and, and, and bacon combo for sure. Um, now, have you ever considered a book about uh, you, you got a book about Hillary? Uh, have you considered a book about Trump? And if if so, how would that go? Is there a title? Um, I haven't. Oh, I haven't thought about. It, but actually, the wet clits, Ivanka Trump 
um, is a character and plays a pivotal role in one scene. Oh, okay. And I, I think if I did a Trump thing, I'd probably just do something like taken, but Ivanka would be kidnapped by a gang of Irish cats, and Trump would have to like go to Ireland and fight basically these like tough like Irish cats that... who would kidnap Ivanka and to rescue her. Sounds like when we ask you these and you're like, I'm not sure, then you come up with these super yeah, specific, you, you amazing are, ideas. You, so yeah, you're, you are you're really good point. off the cuff. I got I to gotta give that to you. That's for sure. Like, I can give it to anyone. Like, when someone's like, puts you on the spot, like, th- this is what the point of the 10 questions is. It is putting you on the spot. I have to say, I'm very impressed with the fact that every time we put you on the spot, you're like, oh, I got this. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Usually when we uh, do 10 questions, uh, there's a lot of editing that involved on my end where I have to edit out a lot of, like, ums and, like, uh, pauses. And... I'm pretty sure I don't have to do any of that with you so far because you're just like smack dab right on it. So, well, we're it. about Thank to you. change all of that with number oh, seven. Yeah. Uh, whether, yeah, you might have to check your uh, internet history for this one. Uh, let's see. Go ahead. What were your last three Google searches? My last three Google searches. And 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 we're going to and we're going to edit if need be. I think uh, one of them was how. How far back does a criminal background check go? <laughs> nice, um, solid. Good to know. Oz. Yeah. Anna, Bla- Anna Blaze. And Anna Blaze. Okay. Yep. And I think I don't really search too much. I don't know. Like I don't think I can think of a third. Two one. is fine. That's that's absolutely fine. Um, we uh, yeah, we're moving into. Let's see. What are we going to number eight now? Right. Um. This one, uh, well, Scott, you wrote this one because you you love this stuff, so I've got to ask it on <laughs> yeah. behalf oh, okay. of you. We'll, we'll flip right. the script on this one. Yeah, uh, right. I, I hate people who like avocado toast. Okay, so anyway. Uh, so uh, I had to ask this question. Okay. All right, yeah, so this is this is something uh, specific to Scott, but we're going to allow him to ask this one. Yeah. Avocado uh, toast, best thing ever or devil's brunch? I would say it's devil's brunch. Um, yes! I would say actually it's... Um, it's a it plays a part of the plot in this great film I saw called Ingrid Goes West with yes. Aubrey Plaza. I I I've and haven't so, seen it yet. It's, it's in I, my I, queue. I actually really like that. I'm a huge Aubrey Plaza fan. Anyway, Me too. But, like, but it's it's that, in my that queue. That is a, an haven't awesomely depressing dark comedy sort of thing. But yeah, it plays a plot role in it. Really, it's part of it. Well, I mean, there's a there's a, uh, a uh, what are they a Instagram pic um, of that. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's not a major thing, but it's definitely something in the movie that kind of helps helps define one of the characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, I, I'm actually more curious than ever. I was. Yeah, always well, you go- should definitely see that movie. Well, anyway, I was always going to see the movie because I love Aubrey Plaza, but at the same just, time, I did not know Avocado Toast. But that's, a big that's one of those weird point. movies that like uh, is not technically like a horror movie at all, but it was. Like on both uh, bloody disgusting and I horror, were like reviewing it because it was it's just so like uncomfortable and dark in so many ways. The way that it uh, approaches social media and some of the weird okay. crazy shit that can happen. So, that's uh, good. Jerry, you are we flipping? Like, are you taking nine now? What? No, I asked. I asked eight. So you're taking nine now. Fine. Yeah. Uh, if two A list movie stars did a porn, who would they be, and what would the title of that porn be? Um. All right. Well, I think I'm not sure if these people are technically A-list, but I would definitely have to go with Mary Elizabeth Winstead 
and Killian Murphy. Ooh, Killian and, Murphy's great. And I would say maybe it would be called The Quiet Man Part 2, His Dick Spit in My Mouth. <laughs> Again, like it's almost like we gave you these ahead of time. And you're just rattling them off, folks at home. When yeah, you're listening, we're not to this, cheating. We're not editing like the delays out of any of this. Yeah, this anyone is, who's listening right now, we did not literally cheat. off the cuff coming up with this stuff. Jesus this awesome. Christ, that's, that's amazing. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, so yeah, uh, spinning right through these, we're gonna go to the last question. We always give a ten words or less question. Um, in uh, this one should be easy because it's about a title for uh, for another uh, erotica book. In ten words or less. Give a title for a Winter Olympics-based erotica. I don't know. This stupid um, skiing into your pussy. <laughs> Honestly, at the end of the day, just just go big or go home, you know? No, actually, you know what? That's that's easy enough. And espe- well, especially, yeah, if, if, we're, if we're talking, yeah. I mean, well, that- think about it. Like, uh, there were 80s comedies about being able to ski in the mountains and surf in California, like, in yeah, the same course, yeah. town. Yeah. And those movies had movies titles like uh, like Ski Day, yeah, or Ski in the Mountain, Surf yeah, in the it Town. Was like, they yeah, really it was like didn't care. Yeah, so literally, like Ski into Your Pussy as a porno, dude. I'm done. I'm yeah, good. Good. I think we're good. Uh, great. Well, that actually gets us through the ten questions. Uh, before we actually sign off, just want to make sure, Kitty Glitter, you don't have anything else you want to. Uh, you know, uh, put out there that we forgot to cover or uh, anything like that. Yeah, uh, make sure to give us any of your social media or any kind of plugs mm-hmm. you want to throw out. This is your moment. Well, definitely follow me on Twitter. It's at Monster Bunny, like Monster E-R and then Bunny. And um, also definitely check out The Wet Clits, which is still free on Kindle for a couple days. And, um, it's a really crazy short novel and like, I hope people read it. Um, cause you know, I, I'm really, I don't know. I think it's awesome if people read, like they're going to like it if they read it. Nope. That's right. perfect. Thank you very much. And, uh, we definitely will be checking both of those out and, uh, we're happy to see that you are being successful and creative. Uh, the part of the show that we love the most is pulling people who either are ultra famous Mid famous, low famous, doesn't matter what. Yeah, we want to yeah, pull people from people every are cr- angle. Creative and have and have something to say. And uh, and currently, we- you are blazing up the charts. So <laughs> yeah. we're just very happy to be part of this and to help you promote us and us promote you. All right. Well, I appreciate. It. I had a good time talking with you guys, and thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you very much again, Katie Glitter, for being on our show. That was Absolutely. an amazing interview. Absolutely. Uh, I always like digging into the brain of someone who can sit down and write things that I find both fascinating and warped at it the actually, same and, time. And here's the thing is uh, there's actually the beautiful thing about that is we actually have more content from more fascinating warped stuff that most of you have, I would assume, never heard because what we've got here is uh, the rest of the show, we're going to be actually teasing some little bits. You know, kind of like when you uh, when you go on Audible and you, you hear like the Audible previews, we've actually dug up some classic, I don't want to say classic, they're actually new. Uh, they're... <laughs> Literally the opposite of classic. We've dug up some new writings that you all need to to hear more of um, on, on, from the interwebs. And uh, these are some new erotic 
fiction, not necessarily all fan fiction, but a lot of fan fiction writings um, recorded in the, uh, uh, that we have found on the internet that you hopefully have never heard. So if you like Kitty Glitters type of stuff, then you should actually listen to the rest of this. This here is a short excerpt from a piece of erotic fiction that's a little dated now, but I think a lot of you have seen the movie it's based off of. What we're going to do now is we're going to jump into a little bit of Forest Pump. It had only been a few minutes of waiting, and already Forrest felt beads of sweat forming on his brow, dripping from his near-perfectly kept crew cut and into his now darting eyes. He looked down at the mop of blonde hair bobbing up and down between his legs. It was the first time he had ever let Jenny go down on him, and her enthusiasm was showing. Jenny! Mama always said, horny is as horny does, he paused. You must be right horny, huh, Jenny? He paused again, waiting for a response. None came. Jenny, do you think Mama's watching us from heaven, Jenny? Do you think she's proud of you? Jenny stopped at this remark and lifted her head, wiping the spit from her chin with one quick motion, her face a mix of ecstasy and confusion. What do you mean by that, Forrest? Well, Jenny, it's not like any other girl has offered to fix me like you have. Fix you? Jenny questioned, stroking his cock at the same time to keep him hard during this odd line of questioning. Isn't that what you're doing, Jenny? I figured when you put me inside your pretty little mouth, you will suck the stupid out of me. Like when a snake bites a cowboy and his Indian sucks the poison out. Jenny slowed her stroke as her confusion grew and his erection shrank. Um, you can't suck the stupid out of someone. It's not like snake venom, Shug. Want me to stop? Forrest looked around, and then back down at Jenny. You know what? Your mouth is like a box of chocolates. It's not as fun when it's all empty. He pushed her head back down, and she continued sucking. Hurry up, Jenny. They asked us into Mr. Nixon's office about ten minutes ago, and his secretary looks rather angry that we haven't gone in yet. All right, that was Forrest Pump read by our very own Mr. Scott Bear. Thank you, Scott, for that beautiful reading. Man, if I am uh, not fully engorged or aroused, then I don't know uh, what would, what would do it after that. You know, that should have that should have brought me to full uh, engorgement. But uh, in case it didn't, uh, we've got another one for you. This is Grizz Lewinsky's. A Plumber's Desire. A level of eight. Mario's really happening. Bowser's going down. He sure is, Luigi. Princess Peach is as good as saved. Just a little further and Bowser's done for. A few days ago, if you told Mario and Luigi, two everyday plumbers from the Mushroom Kingdom, that they would be on a harrowing journey to save the princess of their kingdom, they would have laughed you right out of their small plumbing practice. Mario was used to being out in the field, cleaning sediment from sinks and snaking drains, not stomping Goombas or slaughtering innocent turtles. And Luigi, the brains of the pair, well, he was more comfortable writing up invoices and navigating QuickBooks than he was punching bricks and navigating booby-trapped castles. But here they were, jumping across pits of fire and dodging anthropomorphic cannonballs just yards away from restoring order to the entire kingdom. What do you think will it get for saving her? A cut of the kingdom, maybe? A millions of coins, and no? 
all of the pasta for Joel we can eat? Luigi queried wonderingly. First, I bet we get a bite off of Peach. <laughs> If you knows what I means. Mario responded wonderingly. You mean a sex? Oh, what a princess? Mama mia. Yeah. Both of us at the same time. Luigi queried wonderingly. Yeah. You just got a problem with that? Mario sounded a bit offended. No, it's uh, well, it's just a little Luigi. He's never been a part of a threesome before. And with my own brother, no? What's the big deal? It's not like we haven't seen each other naked dozens of times before. Wait, what? I've never seen you naked. Why'd you ever see me and Luigi naked? Luigi sounded more curious than concerned. Uh, listen, I've been meaning to tell you this for a long time. Sometimes, when we're at home, and you fall asleep before me, I, uh, well, I sneak into your room, pull down your pants, and, um, well, I stare at your big fat prick. Luigi's face went white. All the life drained and then replaced with confusion. I... I don't know what to say. Oh, come on, Luigi. Don't tell me you've never thought about it. I see you stare at my plumber's crack while I'm on the jobs. You think I don't have pants that fit better? You think I leave my overalls unbuttoned so my big hairy ass pops out on accident? I do that for you. I pray you'll make your moves, but sometimes you're just such a fucking pansy and you need a little push in the right direction. Mario placed his hand on top of Luigi's stupid fucking green hat and pushed his head downward. There was some resistance at first, but once Luigi realized what was happening, he subdued and allowed his head to become buried in Mario's lap. Mario unleashed his pepperoni. That's it, Mario said hornily. Gobble that Italian sausage. And don't forget to play with those spicy meat of balls. Luigi performed his oral duties with the precision of a surgeon, performing surgery with a scalpel on a surgery patient. He was playing Mario's instrument like Kenny G playing a saxophone. Or like Kenny G sucking a dick. Oh, gabagool! Mario was brimming with ecstasy. He was doing his best to hold back but his brother's lips around his big, fat, hairy dick, combined with the delicate ball cradling, got him to pop faster than a Goomba under an Italian plumber's boots. But Mario felt another, less welcome eruption brewing. After seven trying levels, Mario didn't even think that all the fungus he'd eaten would end up fighting with his digestion. Oh, she's gonna blow! Mario shot a torrent of technicolor diarrhea across the ground while ejaculate blew Luigi back six feet into a pit of fire. Luigi! Mario peered over the edge of the fire pit. He was relieved to see Luigi alive and well, stuck to the inside wall of the pit. I'm a fine Mario! Your Alfredo sausage is to prevent me from sliding completely down the fire pit! Mario pulled Luigi up and they embraced. I ain't used to getting all my pipes cleaned out at the same time like that. You're a master pipesman, that's for sure. I was afraid I lost you, bro. You won't forget a riddle Luigi that easy. The two unlatched and took a moment to gather themselves back toward the task at hand. What are we doing now, huh? Time to save a princess? Nah, fuck that. She can deal with it herself. Let's go home and suck each other's dicks some more. Okay, but no more mushroom room for you. Oh, oh. yo, come here, you. Because oh, you shit your pants. The end. 
And those of you who tuned into last week's show may have already heard this next piece. Uh, I gave you a little teaser to some of the erotic fanfic coming your way. This one is actually by an established writer by the name of Rachel Gibson. Uh, and it is read and voiced by yours truly, Mr. Jeremiah, or Sonic Jalopy, if you will. And uh, the author, Rachel Gibson, wrote this novel, Daisies, back in town. And this is a little bit of uh, Chapter 9. And uh, I hope you enjoy. And for those of you who listened last week, this may sound a little repetitive, uh, but I think it's worth it anyway. It's, it's wonderful stuff. So enjoy Rachel Gibson, Daisy's Back in Town, read by yours truly. I want to see your face when I'm inside of you. He rolled the lubricated latex over the head of his penis and down the shaft to his dark pubic hair. He put his hands beneath her bare bottom and pulled her to the edge of the car's trunk. Positioning her. I want you to see me. She looked into his green eyes that were so familiar to her. Oh, I see you. She said as he grasped her thighs. He plunged inside of her in one smooth stroke that buried him to her cervix. His grasp tightened on her thighs and her back arched. She cried out in pain and in pleasure. She wasn't sure which was more accurate. He said between clenched teeth. Then he cupped her face in his hands. Sorry, Daisy. He placed a soft kiss on her cheek and nose and whispered against her mouth. Sorry. Sorry. I'll make you feel good now. I promise. He withdrew, then thrust himself inside with more care, reminding her how good he was at keeping his promises. Slowly, he gave her incredible pleasure with smooth, measured strokes. He stared into her eyes as he moved within her. Is that bitter? Oh, yeah. Tell me. So good, Jack. She felt weightless, and she grabbed his shoulders and held on to him. Don't stop. Just whatever you do, just don't stop. Not a chance. He tilted her pelvis up without missing a beat of his pumping abs. Heat flushed her skin, radiating outward from where they were joined. And she dug her fingers into him. His slow pace was driving her mad. More! Give me more, Jack! He kissed her forehead, and his breathing rasped against her temple. He plunged her faster! Harder! In and out! Building! Thrusting her toward a climax! Daisy Lee! Her name on his lips sounded almost like a question, as if he pushed them both closer and closer. She was mindless to anything but the building pleasure, until she opened her mouth to scream. The sound died in her throat, as wave after luscious wave rolled through her. Her muscles pushed and contracted, gripping him hard. On and on it went as he plunged into her, his breath hot against her temple until finally he shoved her so hard and he pushed her further up the trunk of the car. He cursed her and God in the same incoherent sentence. He crushed her to his chest as if he wanted to absorb her and give one final thrust. He made a sound deep in his throat. A sound somewhere between a guttural groan and a long drawn out ah. Daisy saw spots behind her closed eyelids, and her ears began to ring. What's this sound? She was gonna faint. Right there on the custom Lancer. It was gonna happen, just like she said it would. And she didn't care. She didn't faint, though. Not really. She was just so lightheaded, she was afraid to move. 
She hadn't had sex in a long time, but, uh, well, she didn't recall it being so good. It had been. Well, of course, it it had been. But where his skin stuck to her, she tingled. She'd forgotten that part. Or uh, maybe that part never happened before. He remained embedded deep in her body. His chest smashed into hers and his forehead resting on the car next to her right ear. She could feel his heartbeat against her breast. Ba-boom-boom. She opened her eyes and looked up at the ventilation overhead. Jack Parrish had just taken her someplace she'd never been before. He'd just given her a devastating orgasm that had curled her toes and about made her faint. She didn't know what to think about that. In fact, she could hardly think at all. She was too stunned. He raised onto his forearms and looked down into her face. A slow, satisfied smile lifting the corners of her mouth. Oh, wow! You're even better than you were at 18! Daisy looked into his sexy green eyes and felt alive again. Like she'd been dead inside for a very long time and hadn't even realized it until that moment. Like coming into the sunlight after being trapped in the dark, raw emotion swept through her and she did the worst possible thing she could do. She burst into tears. End chapter 9. And now, an excerpt from the audiobook adaptation of Blade Runner SVU, a fan fiction crossover novel written by Che Bulker. Chapter 82, page 2019. Listen, we're gonna lose them. Let's just make them move, Detective Stabler said. The irritation in his throat was distinct the kind of grumbled tone only a cop could have. Plus, I'm soaked. That's why we're here, to take this son of a bitch down, Lieutenant Benson replied. We've had worse. You afraid of thunder or something? They had already been outside the warehouse for most of the night, but now this rain was pummeling down, taunting them like playground insults. They'd been tailing Rick Deckard through every last back alley of Los Angeles or at least whatever was left of it for the better part of a year. They'd been through hell and bark, but tonight they finally got him where they want him. Whether be damned, they were determined. Exhausted and out of breath, Deckard and Rachel huddled inside, quickly running out of hiding places. Rain whipped at the cracked roof, drizzling droplets onto her skin from above. Moonlight glittering through ceiling gaps like sea beams near the Tannhauser gate. He could see her breath, small feminine condensation wisps in the cold night air. She looked super hot, but they were being hunted. Keep it together, Rick, he thought. But could he? Look at her. His urge to do her got stronger, but he knew they were in danger. Even the slightest sound could reveal their whereabouts. They had to move quick. Looking around the room, he noticed a staircase in the corner, hidden amongst the shadows. He also noticed how erect her nipples were. Think, he thought. Get your goddamn priorities straight. You have to stay safe. Acting fast, Deckard grabbed Rachel by the wrist and sprung into action. Deckard hurriedly led Rachel down the stairs into a freezer room below. He quietly secured the steel entrance doors behind them, transforming the space into a makeshift panic room. The room was cold, industrial, and bare, just the way he likes his women. Maybe that's what finally gave him the erection. He noticed a flat metal table in the center of the room. 
the kind of table that needs to be polished to look good. His blood pressure rose. His breathing got deeper. He was in the mood to polish something all right. Fight it, goddammit, he thought. That's when she noticed his boner. Grabbing him by the waist, she pressed her body into his, pulling him in for a kiss. Her lips felt like warm shampoo. Soft, wet, slippery. The smoke from her cigarette still lingered in the air. A piece of tobacco was stuck on her tongue. Deckard noticed. This made him harder. Wait, god damn it, we can't do this now, not here, Deckard protested. But she had his trousers down already. Pretend I'm your gun and blast her, she whispered, her tongue grazing his eyelid. He threw her onto the table and they began to fuck. Humping back and forth, sweat was dripping. There was so much pleasure. They were both really into it. Minutes pass and the sex is really going now. I'm replicating, Rachel screamed, reverberating within the metallic room like an air horn in a canyon. Quiet, goddammit, Deckard seared through gritted teeth. You want to get us both killed? She sunk her fingernails into his rear side, pulling him closer, deeper, louder, moaning, trembling, screaming so loud. Yes, yes, yes! At the precise moment Rachel crescendoed, the freezer room doors burst open with the force of a thousand gusts of windy air. Guns drawn and aimed, Stabler and Benson leapt into the room, like two cops jumping into a situation. Hands in the air, degenerate! Stabler proclaimed. Rachel turned to Deckard and slowly started to smile. His jaw dropped in horror. You set me up, you replicant! Deckard roared. She sure did! Benson yelled. We've been working with this skin job you've been plowing the whole time! Looks like she got you up and she gave you up! We could hear you giving it to her real good! That's all the proof I need! That's right! In the criminal justice system, replicant-based offenses are considered especially heinous! Stabler continued. The dedicated detectives that investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as Blade Runner Blade Runners! This is our story! Decker dismounted and dove to the ground, hurtling away from the aim of their sights. Bang! Shot fired. Bang! Another shot fired. These cops were good. But he was more good. The pants around his knees, though. That could be a problem. Panicked, he grabbed his belt, thrusting his slacks upward. His now flaccid erection caught the zipper of his pants, tearing an H-shaped wound into his penis. Quincing in pain and furious as a bull, Deckard lunged at Rachel with arms outstretched, screaming, I didn't kill my wife! Wrong movie, asshole! And I don't care! Lieutenant Benson quipped. Firing a third round. Okay, Mario, you've made it to the final round of What's Your Favorite? The game show where you name your favorite things as fast as you can and see if the audience agrees. Now, this final round is easy. No audience involvement whatsoever. Just make it through six questions in 20 seconds. And as long as your answers make sense, you win. Are you ready to play? What's your favorite? Is the Pope? <laughs> I never understood that joke. All right, let's put 20 seconds on the clock. 
And what's your favorite exclamation? Capiche. Favorite type of pants? Caprice. Favorite type of Navidad? Felice. Favorite pullover? Felice. Favorite salad? Caprice. Favorite amount of mushrooms to do with your friends? Capiche. Congratulations, Mario. You've won. What's your favorite? That was a great round of erotica. Absolutely. I cannot believe what my ears just bled from hearing. And I do yeah, want to say... Yeah, it's almost like the hymen of my brain was, was busted by busted. all of that amazingness. And you know who else is busted? Our fans and listeners. Thank you for this everyone. This like negative, but we actually want to say thank you to that. Well, Y'all if busted they're busted, we'd be calling out names. And we were actually yes, asked right, yeah, by yeah. many of our listeners who contributed to those segments. That's right. Not to give out their real names. They wanted to uh, put these in anonymously. Uh, obviously, you probably heard some voices you recognize. Perhaps Jer yeah. and I, but... Uh, everyone, who knows? Who knows? Everyone else, they were uh, people who just heard and got and the call, and they added their own content. Absolutely. That content was great. We love content creators. That's what we are. That's what you need to be. Yes. And if you want, fuck you, or just listen to us, and that's fine, too. So thank you for that. And speaking of content creators, we are going to go out on a uh, content creator song right now, and we don't know what it is. So just enjoy whatever content creator created this song. I hope it's a song called Content Creator by Content Creator. I'm going to Google that so fast when we finish the show. Hmm. If that doesn't exist, you may or may not hear that right now and enjoy whatever it is you hear. Hopefully Content Creator by Content Creator spelled different ways. A lot, a lot of K's. <laughs> All right, get lost. Love my niggas, but where's my bitches? I love my niggas, but where's my bitches? Love my niggas, but where's my bitches? I love my niggas, but where's my bitches? It's so good, it's so right Fuck all day, fuck all night Call my bitches, cause wherever I go Get all my bitches, east to the west coast All my bitches, yo Chickens is good for plucking, so I'm sticking bitches fucking Got them tricking while they sucking, give them dick and they be bugging I've done it all, from acting two hoes on a freeway Dominican hoes on B-way, country hoes in VA And they all say the same about my game is tight That's why every night a different group of bitches start a fight Over some dick that they don't even own All I'm giving them is the phone, blowing up a nigga's phone But ain't nobody home I'm in the zone, trying to do things, let's turn this into a crew thing What's up girlfriend, new game? Don't wonder why when I leave it now It's because I deep it down I'm leaving bitches not breathing right I fuck their head up with some slick shit Then I'm off with some long dick shit Make it some quick shit, but rip shit Then I'm out, it's like the trash on a Thursday Knowing she'd be giving up the ass on the first day It's all good, it's alright Fuck all day, fuck all night Call my bitches, cause wherever I go Y'all my bitches, east to the west coast All my bitches It's all good, it's alright Lots of bitches by the dozens, from sisters to cousins Got them doing shit they said they wasn't uh-huh. Ever gonna do like knowing I fucked a bitch that she was close uh-huh. to Still gave up the ass and dope she was supposed what? to Pictures of bitches and flicks of chicks Videos with the baddest hoes sucking dick mm-hmm. It's the dog and me that makes me do wrong And these can't help but get strong uh-huh. Cause the game is too strong okay. I like them greedy, black like Edie Eyes beady, willing to give to the needy mm-hmm. I done ran through them all, from around the way bitches uh-huh. I done stayed hoes and even hitting gay bitches uh-huh. All I tell them is let me get that, then it's on Knock a motherfucking poop, and then I'm gone I got the white bitches saying it's a black thing Cause I leave that hoe with no dough and plenty of back pain It's all good, it's alright Fuck all day, fuck all night Call my bitches, cause whoever I go Call my bitches, east to the west coast All my bitches, it's all good 
who get props, cause they know who can get got, who they can get shot. By the way, your niggas slip drop. Walk up in the spot, no one wants she one strictly. When Hun wants to dickly, Hun comes and gets me. Hits me, pays me, doesn't get crazy. Knows to be swayzy, cause that's daddy's me. I keep them hoes in check, like the government. Hitting them off of nothing but the dick, and they loving it. Hugging it, like it's their best friend, cause it is. Word to miss. Fucking with tricks is just biz. I deal with strictly dimes, got them committing their first crime. Now she sucking dick for the first time. And ain't no secret by how I freaked it When it sleeped it Never knew how I peaked it The creeped it That's how I know that this must be that shit I tell them bitches I'll be back And they believe that shit It's so good It's alright Fuck all day 